Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe and Nick Opich of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis industry forward. This week, Anne is away on a bit of vacation, so our host, Nick, decided to sit down to speak with me, Shay Gunther. For those of you who don't know, when I'm not recording introductions for and producing The Green Rush, I make a living as a professional podcaster with my flagship show, Marijuana Today, now coming up on its eighth year in production. In this meta episode, Nick and I chat about the current state of cannabis media, as well as what things look like here on the ground for legal cannabis in Maine, where I live. So sit back and enjoy this very special episode of The Green Rush with me, Shay Gunther of MJ today media all right and welcome shay gunther to the podcast filling in for ann donahoe today shay how are you man i am doing well i'm uh yeah i'm i'm, I'm uh probably not as bright and cheery as ann is but uh but i'm doing well yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it, it's early on the west coast so i imagine ann would still be needing that morning cup of coffee just like me, I've, I've got mine here to, to get me all started for today. But uh, um, for those who don't, who don't know, Shay is our uh, producer extraordinaire. He helps us out with a, a lot of the stuff here on the Green Rush with uh, getting our episodes prepared each week. And uh, um, in his old day job now, uh, Shay was the head of MJ Today, which just wrapped up um, their podcast series. And so, Shay, just wanted to uh, chat with you a little bit about, you know, the whole experience of everything with MJ Today and, you know, why you decided to wrap it up and what's going to be next for you. Yeah, well, so first, uh, um, so MJ Today, it's a little bit, um, our, our naming conventions are a little kind of all over the place, but so MJ Today Media is the, the actual media company that produced the podcast. That's not going anywhere because um, we're still producing Marijuana Today, the the weekly show. Uh, it's really just all the, the, yeah, the daily, the daily newscasting and the daily just podcasting that I've been doing. Um, that is, that's what's uh, wind down to, yeah, wind down to an end. Marijuana Today Daily is the name of that show. And um yeah, I've, you know, after five years of just being so immersed in all of it, I just, it felt like it was a time for, for a switch. And so the last three weeks have been kind of the last three or four weeks have been kind of the, you know, the wind down phase as I, as I kind of shut things down and it's been, it's been interesting and it's been, um, like refreshing and rejuvenating and, and like positive, I would say like all positive. Yeah. And what would you say for for our listeners that maybe haven't had a chance to listen to MJ today daily, but definitely should go back and check out some of those episodes that uh, from the past because they were just so informative. What were some of your, your favorite highlights from doing the podcast over the last couple of years? Well, uh, I guess first, like, I don't, I don't actually know if anyone would like, why would you go back and listen to like any of those episodes? <laughs> I just think there's, there's great banter no, on, I, on some like, of those, I man. I appreciate, I appreciate, I appreciate the, the sentiment of your comment, but like, uh, well, it's just funny. Cause like the, the show is like, you know, is my best, it's like my best NPR news impression. You know, I say that I've said this a bunch of times, but like, you know, I grew up a big nerd and listening to NPR, you know, news in the, in the car. And this was just like, I guess my, my, my closest attempt at being an NPR newscaster. And, you know, so it was like, here's what's going on today. And, and, you know, the, just kind of cut right through it. And, um, it's not, it's not really ever, not really ever green content. Like, I don't think it holds up. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, um, 
Yeah, don't don't go back and listen to the podcast. <laughs> you got better things to do. Listen to Marijuana Today. That 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 show holds up. Listen to the Green Rush. That yeah, uh, yeah yeah. Keep listening to us. <laughs> yeah, I think that's an interesting thing. You know, just to think about like content. You know, there is evergreen content and there's not evergreen content. You know, and shows like Green Rush, Weed Wonks, Marijuana Today. You can go back to any episode that's ever been recorded and you'll get something interesting and you'll get something of value, you know, because mm-hmm. there's just, you know, those are different, different shows than, you know, kind of here's what's going on today in the news. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you think that just a, a daily podcast is just something that's too much for this industry right now? Or, or just cause I mean, there's so much changing on a day to day basis. It seems like it's a no, no, I mean, um, I, really I difficult to do news, something like that. I, I, th- I think I proved the point that there is space in the industry for a daily news podcast, you know, cause I've, I've been able to, you know, kind of, I've been, I was able to make it work for five years. Um, the, I think the difficult thing is it's, it's a, it's a unique set of skills, uh, that are required in order to do it. Yeah, lots and lots of reading, I imagine. Yeah, well, it's just like you have to have you have to. It's it's really just like you know, if you drew the Venn diagram of like all the skills you do have that you have to have, it's just kind of a weird mix, you know, because you got to be able to you know read news, parse news, know what's going on, you know, have a sense of the hint, of the you know the kind of the history of the industry. Because I think one of the things that I did uh, on the show is. I was able to put a story within context of the last 20 years, you know, because I mean, the, the story of marijuana really is, you know, it's decades old, you know, and, and so being able to, to know how things were 10, 15 years ago, um, I think kind of just helped just make the show better because if you listen to the news, you get, you just get a better sense of kind of the, the, the scope of it. Um, so yeah, so did, did, there's just, there's just, I mean, realistically, there's not that many people that kind of have all those skills, you know, who can also, you know, you got to be able to edit video and handle the technical part of it. There's a lot of just back end stuff. So, um, yeah, so it, it's really just, there's not many people who, you know, can do it. So someone will come along. It's just, I mean, it's not like, it's not like they're hard skills to have. It's just having them all kind of at once right now, you know, that's a, a smaller pool of people. Yeah. And I think the, the, your point there about, being able to put things in a historical context is, is really interesting because um, there's there's definitely some some players in the space that are that are able to do that. Tom Angle comes comes to mind with what he does over at Marijuana Moment, being able to put the historical context on that. But how do you feel? You know, obviously, you, you, before we jumped on, you were telling me that uh, you know you're not following the, the the cannabis news as much since you since you uh, closed down the podcast. But when you, when you were doing your research and stuff, how did you feel the, about the the way the media was covering the industry? Because there's obviously a lot of excitement about it, especially when it comes to the money side of stuff. But you know, in in your mind, did did you feel that there were gaps in the coverage, or did you, did you like how it was growing over the last five years? Uh, I guess the answer to that is kind of both because I mean, the, the, you know, the, 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 the media that's covering marijuana definitely has been getting better and has been growing, uh, and, you know, in, in legitimacy and, and just like, you know, number of people with eyes on the industry, you know, but at the same time, like, you know, Tom Angel and Kyle Yeager are pr- probably producing like, you know, 30% of the day's relevant news in our industry. Uh, you know, it's, it, if you add in, you know, a couple more people, like there's there, a very small pocket of people are actually, you know, breaking stories, you know, are breaking all the, you know, the, the, the relevant stories. So um, I would say that, I mean, marijuana media is in whole just still at a very early stage, you know, very nascent stage. And, you know, when... 
when federal legalization falls, that's that will open up a lot, just a, a lot, just in terms of you know who's covering it. The the there'll be more money, you know, in covering it, you know, because like the 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 the, the marketing budgets of companies will be kind of a little bit more, um, you know, free to to actually be spent, and. Yeah, then the ecosystem of, of people who are actually seriously covering the industry, you know, are, are going to grow because, you know, we we need we need like we need like 50 Tom Angels and Kyle Yeagers like, you know, mm-hmm. we, we don't just need one or two. Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, in in your time, you, you know, you reported on a lot of stories. You gave a lot of the, the rundowns on the news. Was, was there anything that you felt um should have been uh, more closely covered within the industry. You know what could it, you know could be ranging from like the vape crisis or uh, the money that was coming into the industry or you know even uh, the the issues with uh, cross border sales. Anything like that or. Uh, I mean, I guess like, uh, you know, really all of it. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of a shitty answer, but I mean, re- we really, I mean, we need, we just need more eyes, you know, we, we need more eyes on everything, you know, we need, you know, more longer form journalistic pieces, you know, we're like really looking into, uh, you know, the, the, the people's running, the people running the companies and what are the companies are doing and, you know, how the industry is growing because that's, that's all super important. I mean, that like we need good media in order to keep people, you know, honest and keep industries honest and keep businesses honest. And, uh, you know, if, if we don't have enough eyeballs, then it, it just makes it easier for, you know, shady shit to happen. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in like media and, and, you know, I mean, these are like crazy times for media because, you know, the, one of the political parties is, has made media the enemy, their enemy. And that's, mm-hmm. that's just, that's a, that's a weird place to be. And, um, you know, so yeah, we just need eyes everywhere in all the stories. Yeah. And I, I think I totally agree on that. I, th- I feel like with where the the coverage for the space has gone has been really transactional, that if there's dollar amounts within the story, then definitely it's going to be told. But as we saw over the last year, there's a huge impact culturally that cannabis is playing in, in the United States, whether it be people using it for self-medication purposes, people using it just for, um, you know, being able to get through the day as a healthy alternative to, to alcohol. Alcohol. And I think there's a lot of the these important stories also, you know, from an economic sense for just jobs. And there's, there's so many different things. You know, we ask all our guests at the end of episodes that you listen to. It's like, what do you think is the most untold story? And it's like they, they think that it's like it seems like a lot of times it's very much the investment focus. And of course, you know, we're trying to to speak to that to a degree. But I would love to hear more people talk about the 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 smaller players with within the space, the the recent college graduates that are trying to, you know, find their ways into this new industry or, you know, other entrepreneurs than, like you said, talking about their backgrounds and looking at the unique ways that they're trying to tackle the, these social issues that, that face this industry, whether it be through unionization or, you know, more opportunities for, for people of color, different things like that. And, you know, I think there's definitely a lot of these stories to tell. Like I, I remember following it in, in Michigan and I know in California and Massachusetts, there's been unionization efforts and it's like, there's such a huge movement. And I guess I'm sticking kind of to labor here. Cause it's, it, that seems like it's a big issue, um, just, uh, across the board and tying it in with media. And so, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, do you have any, uh, you know, thoughts on, on that kind of stuff? On, on the- oh, well, I, I guess, uh, <laughs> on, uh <laughs> that is a bad question. Um, it, like I said, it's, it's early here in oh, Phoenix, okay. Arizona. Right. I'm, I'm rolling right with you there. <laughs> well, um, I, I mean, w- one of the things that makes marijuana so interesting is that, I mean, what, you know, the marijuana industry, it's like 
whatever you're into, there's probably a marijuana angle on it. You know, like if you want to become an accountant, you can become a marijuana accountant. If you want to be, you know, a salesperson, you become a, a butt tender or you can sell, you know, marijuana equipment or whatever. In media, it's, it's kind of the same thing, you know. So there's 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 writers and there's journalists um, writing about all the things. And just like with any media there's there's easy stories to write and there's hard stories to write you know the the the, the stories you know company write-ups or or trend pieces like that shit's super easy you don't have to like really work hard you know you don't really have to go many places you don't have to call but you don't have to like do the you know the the, the really like you know boots on the street kind of work the kind of just bouncing back to your point earlier like we need i mean we need those stories but we also we just need more people doing the hard work of like really like digging into the the harder stories like you know like what companies are doing things that they shouldn't be you know like what like like and you know with with labor like you know what are the bigger companies doing about you know fighting union efforts and just fighting you know worker or organizations uh organizations you know in general um you know and that's and that's 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 harder stuff and that's that's why we just need our, our media ecosystem to to develop and grow more because we don't we don't have that yet i mean the the money is not there yet i mean you know you look at leafly um yeah. they're if you look at the kind of the development or or the evolution of their their publishing you know division yeah they've over the last uh, year, I mean, certainly since the pandemic hit, they've they've cut a lot of their staff, you know, and they've cut back a lot of their their media effort because you know because of I'm I'm guessing you know dollars. So we need to get to a point where like media is just more profitable, and then they, then you know media companies are able to invest company you know actual more money, more funding, more resources into good journalism. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I 100% agree with that. And I think it's also going to take some of the bigger players in the industry to more, meaning on the media side, to to take this more seriously. Obviously, uh, CNBC has been has been pretty good covering it. You'll get the occasional story um, in some of these bigger publications. I think Politico's uh, uh, coverage of the the developments on both the state and federal level has been great. But I'd really love to see the New York Times or the Washington Post have a dedicated marijuana reporter because, like you said, it touches so many of these different, um, you know, really important subjects, whether it be, you know, real estate, the, the labor market, those different things like that. And I think, I think we're close to the tide changing on that. I think we're starting to see the, these, uh, these, uh, newsrooms recognize that there's, this has to happen, but I, I think, you know, we're still a couple of years away from it. And I don't know if it's going to take federal legalization for that to actually happen. I think it's, I think it's when big companies can, can actually deploy budgets, you know, like when, when, when a company can market cannabis stuff nationally, then that's when, you, that's when you're going to see media outlets bringing in money and being able to, you know, create division, you know, news divisions. And, you know, cause right now, like, I mean, I spent, I spent five years, you know, running a little media company, you know, where the, for the first two years I starved, you know, and then, and then for three years I was able to, you know, I was able to, to be there, but, you know, if I had like a, you know, a, a, a big, I mean, some of these big, giant, giant multinational, you know, and, or even just big national corporations, like, you know, they, they spend, I mean, millions and millions of dollars on their marketing campaigns, you know? So like, like a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money right now in marijuana media, but like, that's like a rounding er like error for like some of these, like, you know, big companies, uh, you know, marketing for efforts. So when that kind of big money can actually start to come in, like that's, that's when like, that's when like things will like really change. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, it, from some of our past interviews, I think it was um, with the CEO of Slang. He was, it was either him or maybe it might have been another guest. Um, they were predicting that, uh, you know, safe banking is something that we could see by the end of the year. And I think that would be, you know, one of the catalysts that could really help them deploy that budget. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about like, you know, them spent being able to spend even more on marketing, I'm just thinking, oh my God, my Instagram feed is going to be just a nightmare as soon as these companies can start putting all the ads they truly want to wish like i'm already getting you know email after email all the time uh now that arizona is legal from all these dispensaries trying trying to sell me product i i I, the social media takeover from these cannabis companies that that's on the horizon it's 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 gonna be huge and uh, i might have to create a second instagram account just to manage it all (laughs) yeah well i mean yeah because i mean there is there are there are so many blocks on all the various forms of social media then and yeah when those are gone it's going to be yeah, it's going to be like a changed experience. Well, it's like, I mean, it's like, I'm like, imagine New York City when, you know, when it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's legal now, but like, you know, imagine like in a couple of years where it's just like marijuana is everywhere, you know, how different it was like that compared to, you know, 10, five years ago, you know, or two years ago or a year ago when it wasn't. Um, I mean, social media is going to be like that stark and be like, what? It's going to be yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I can imagine walking down Times Square, seeing on the big billboards, the a big, green cannabis flower just sitting right up there or well, like you know every, going by the <laughs> every time i go to new york city like wherever i walk through because i um I'm, I'm actually i don't know why but like I, every time i go to new york city um when i'm like oh, okay i gotta go right and then go like nine blocks i always go left so like I, every time i go to new york city i end up walking like twice as much as i as i i, I should because i i, I don't, obviously I can't deal with my left and right. Um, but every time, long story short, every time I walked in New York City, like every place you walk, you're like, oh, th- I could see that kind of cannabis place there, that kind of cannabis place there. Like, you know, like no matter what part of the city you're in, you could see where a cannabis business would work because it just because it, it just it, 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 it just does. I don't know. Mm hmm. So yeah, like, and I haven't been to, I mean, I haven't been to uh, New York since, uh, since it passed. So like, I don't know, I have no idea what it's like now and you know how the pandemic has affected things. But, um, but yeah, like just New York city, like when cannabis has had some time to actually get in and like establish itself, like, yeah, crazy place. I'm when I left in December, there was definitely a lot of, you know, unfortunately a lot of restaurants and, and different businesses that had been forced to close down, but I was doing the same thing that you were just talking about. Like, Oh man, I, the, uh, cannabis store be perfect here on on 96th and Broadway right next to the the subway and you know where everybody can uh, just jump right in and do that I'm I'm like imagining all the uh, link NYC kiosks having having little uh, weed commercials on them like letting you know like hey you're 200 feet away from your, your closest weed store if you if you need to pick up before you get home it's, it's like the same thing that if like hey the rain's gonna start in an hour make sure you got an umbrella well, and like you know just think of all the bodegas that will be selling it just like, like and just like every Every kind of store is going to just sell cannabis. Well, do you really think that they're going to let bodegas sell cannabis? Like, I, I get the argument for it, but with, I mean, with I, how I, regulated I, I, everything I don't know is, about new yeah, city politics. I have no idea, no <laughs> idea about that. But I mean, aren't they selling it already? Like, <laughs> I mean, if I go by Dave Chappelle, uh, you know, shorts, is that what's going on already? I don't know. <laughs> I've never actually lived in New York City, so I've always just uh, I've always been a tourist. 
Um, but you do live in Maine, and you guys have had legal weed now for a little bit, though. And so I, we, we don't talk a lot to Mainers on the on the show. So I'm wondering, what can you give us a rundown of what the cannabis market there looks like? Do you guys have stores open yet, or is it still yeah, very well, much so just home grow? I live in I live in Portland, which is you know Maine's biggest city, and I guess maybe for some perspective, there's about, uh, I think it's about 60,000 people who live in like, you know, down like Portland and then like a hundred thousand people in kind of like the surrounding little metro area. So, uh, yeah, I mean, cannabis is like fully, uh, you, I mean, you drive everywhere and it's like cannabis store, cannabis store, cannabis store, uh, okay. medical and adult use the, like the strip, like the street, you know, the big commercial street, uh, forest Avenue that I live kind of nearby. There's, I mean, it's like a cannabis district. There's like, you know, probably 10 shops, like, you know, in a few mile stretch, you know, and, you know, which isn't like crazy, crazy, but like, I mean, you're driving down like a main street, you're like, oh, cannabis store, cannabis store. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not that much time in between, you know, the cannabis stores. And uh, yeah, and it's definitely, I don't know, it just feels more normalized. You know, because like I, I coach like I coach like a kid's uh, Frisbee team and it's definitely been something that I've always, you know, kind of been taking pains to kind of keep strict, strictly separated. You know, I just didn't want to like just, you know, I didn't want parents to like freak out, you know, because I was a cannabis podcast guy. Uh, yeah. But but now it's legal. And I think you know, like half the parents like half the parents uh, of the coach, like they all own dispensaries and like, you know, grow companies. Cause like I, oh, the cool. town that I actually, I, I coach in the next town over and it's a, it's a pretty like, you know, I would say rich town. So just like, that's where all the people who are like owning the businesses like live. So um, it's, it's, it's like a, yeah, it's, it's, it's more of something that like, you know, they'll like parents will like shoot the shit over. Like actually one of the parents is like a, like is the dispensary manager. So um, yeah. So it's, it's like, it's just, it's kind of normalized here in Maine. I love the, I just have the envision of the, the soccer mom vaping while the kids running around or. <laughs> they all are, yeah. I mean, yeah, because then you go by like, and you go by the shops and like, I mean, that's, that's who it is. It's like, you know, it's, it's everyone. Everyone is yeah. in the shops. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Everybody that, you know couldn't publicly be able to drink whenever they wanted is now just vaping uh, on the sly getting around. I, I see it all the time here in Arizona too. And, uh, but, uh, I think it's really interesting that, uh, um, that, that Portland is now you guys are, have the full, uh, you know, cannabis thing. I imagine it's going to be a really good boon for the tourism that you guys are going to try and, uh, do for this year. So have you seen a lot of cannabis tourists, like being able to come up to Maine from like the surrounding States? Uh, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, that's not something you would really. see them. Yeah. Um, no. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they are because, uh, well, you know, cause so Massachusetts, I mean, cause we border Massachusetts and New Hampshire, mm -hmm. there's definitely people from New Hampshire coming over cause New Hampshire is just like way behind in cannabis. So like their medical program is really limited and they have no adult use. So th there's definitely, there's definitely people driving over. Um, and then Massachusetts, um, I mean, there's definitely there, we have a lot of people just coming into Maine, so they're coming up and they're swinging by the dispensaries. I'm sure. I mean, I, I haven't seen it, but I mean, I know it's happening because 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 of course it's happening. 
is is there a strong NIMBY attitude out out in that area? Because I know it took you guys a while to first get the the the, the stores up and running, and well, kind well, of the the thing that I've been following is like with New Jersey legalizing in New York is the the communities that aren't wanting it in the, in their backyard, or they want to wait and see how it gets started, like on Long Island and um, in different townships across across New Jersey. So I'm wondering, did you guys face that, or are you still facing that? Yeah, well, Maine is, I mean, Maine is interesting because it, um, I would say that the northern part of the state is definitely more conservative and, you know, the, the, the southern part is kind of where more, more like progressive and liberal folks live. But it seems that everyone kind of likes marijuana, mm-hmm. you know, and so even, even the, you know, the more conservative areas, like, you know, there's certainly towns that are opting out of adult use, but, you know, it, there's not, there's, there's not much opposition, you know, um, there's, there's just not because like, yeah, because like everyone just loves marijuana. So like even like, you know, the, the, even just just everyone like, you know, all the all the, the, the people who still have Trump flags up on, you know, up, uh, you know, up in the northern part of the state, like they're they're growing in their backyard. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing with marijuana. Like everyone likes it. You know, there's there's certainly some people that don't, but there's not that many of them left. It's true, though, because, you know, I know you're not following the the news and the politics of it, but it's like Louisiana, South Carolina, Alabama, all the southern states now are are at the very least like instituting some type of medical program. And uh, I I just keep thinking it's like, okay, is is it going to take like the entire Bible Belt? to legalize recreational marijuana before the federal government will do anything on this? Like, like what is what is the opposition at this point if we're if we're if it's so bipartisan at this point where we have Republican governors willing to sign, you know, pro marijuana legislation, it's like, what are we waiting for, guys? Let's just get this going. Let's let this industry run. Uh, it's uh, it, it can I be mean, so frustrating on my end. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, at the same time, like, I'm not saying that marijuana is not important, but uh, that there's just so much going on right now, like in, in D.C., like in general, mm-hmm. that like even like. I, I understand why it's not like people aren't like, you know, you know, falling all, all over themselves to pass, you know, um, to pass legislation. Like there's just, I don't know, like I, I, I'm distracted by like the world events. So like, imagine like if you're a legislator, like, you know, eh. <laughs> you know yeah. I, I see that caring <laughs> a lot about it. Like, obviously I think marijuana needs to be legal and like, you know, people need to not be arrested for it, need to be out of jail. But like, um, like we're fighting for like, you know, our democracy, it seems like at this point, like the actual like existence of it. Yeah, I, 100%. And I guess it's important to remember like in these times that just sticking with it on cannabis because it's like, yes, there is a, a bunch of issues at the at the federal level. And, you know, we're hoping that, you know, some of the crazies are not going to be able to maintain or, you know, gain any more power than they already are. But, you know, at the very least, we're seeing the the progression on the state level, which I think will be or it's going to have to be the, the catalyst for, for changing the federal minds. And, you know, at the very least, we have Chuck Schumer in the Senate who's who's advocating for this and and, and Kamala Harris in the in the White House, who's you know been an architect of the legislation. And so, you know, it. It wouldn't it's, surprise it's me if we're not happen. seeing anything for a while. It's going to happen, uh, as, as we, we've talked about plenty on this podcast. It's going to happen eventually. But uh, sometimes you can, you can just have those days, you know, where he's just so restless. It's like, ah, oh, why can't we just flip this switch already? But, you know, it's, it, like you said, it's going to take time. But um, Well, and, and I mean, yeah. 
when I first got started in like 1997, I'm like, ah, we'll get this shit done in five years. <laughs> yeah, right. It, that's what it always seems like. We've we've been doing the podcast now for four years, and there's definitely been times where it's like, oh, by by October, yeah, this is gonna definitely be changed. And, and now it's like, all right, no, maybe a couple of years, maybe 2024. Let's see what happens. Well, I mean, the, the good thing is, is that like you said, I mean, so much progress is being made at the state level that, like, you know. The fact that it's not legal federally yet really just means that, like, um, we get more time to, like, you know, all the states to, like, you know, kind of install new systems and try new things. And, like, you know, there, I mean, there's there's some value in, you know, having time to kind of develop things a little bit. You know, th there's... I would say that it's it's not valuable at all that there are people still in jail. I mean that's that's the the big thing, and that that people continue to be arrested. So like like that is like that's that that is just that that needs to stop like yesterday. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the states are everything's happening, everything's still progressing, and you know at some point you know the the rubber band's going to snap at the federal level. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll keep watching and keep keeping our fingers crossed for for all of that. But uh, um, Shay, I, I really appreciate you joining me for today. I know it. Uh, we kind of threw this together uh, last second, but obviously because you're a guest on the Green Rush, we have to ask you this question because we ask it to every guest at the end of our of our show. Of you know, now that you're not following the news on a daily basis, what do you, what do you think is the biggest untold story in the industry right now? What's the one that you think? you know, needs to be told on the New York Times or needs to, you know, just have more attention paid to it? I, I don't know, I guess I would, uh, one of the things, I mean, there's a lot of stories that I think need more attention, but I, I guess I would, I would like to just know a little bit more about the biggest players in the industry, like, you know, the big companies, mm -hmm. like the people behind them, like who they are, what they're doing. Uh, and kind of, you know, how their, how their influence is, you know, kind of being used to kind of, you know, craft the, the evolution of our industry. Cause you know, a lot of the, 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 the things that are being written right now are, are being influenced by big players. So I, I, I guess it would be, I would be interested in, in knowing just more about that in general. So, um, yeah, I like that. I like that. More of those, those insider inside baseball stories. What, what is it like to be in those rooms? What's it like for these guys that on the day-to-day -day basis, but you know, that's kind of what we try to do here on the green rush is, is get some more of that perspective. Like who, who are these people? How do they come to the cannabis industry and all that? So, well, you yeah, know, what, Shay? there's, there's like, you know, there's a lot of good people in the cannabis industry, but you know, there's mm -hmm. a lot of assholes too. And I want to know who the assholes are. So <laughs> uh, like, let's get confrontational with our journalism. Like, let's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> all right. I don't, I don't know if Anne's going to be up for that shift for, for the green <laughs> I'm not rush. I'm suggesting you guys but. are going to do this, but like, you know, media's a general, yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll start looking for more confrontational cannabis pieces in, in the <laughs> yes. near future. I love it. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Shay Gunther of Marijuana Today, uh, thank you so much for, for joining me today, man. Thank you, Nick. It's been fun. Thanks again to Shay Gunther of MJ Today for joining us on The Green Rush. Make sure you check out the weekly show at mjtodaypodcast.com. And as always, thanks for listening to The Green Rush. If you want to chat with Ann or I, you can find us on Twitter at the handle at the underscore Green Rush or on Instagram at the Green Rush underscore podcast. Or feel free to drop us an email at thegreenrush at kcsa.com. We're always looking for feedback and guest ideas. And make sure you're subscribing to our weekly newsletter um, as well as the, to The Green Rush in your favorite podcast. That's one take, Shay. One take. <laughs>